Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Join my other one, the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture. To look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Now Raw. But before we... <laughs> Yeah, you're oh, a fan of this sort of thing. Make oh, sure yeah. you subscribe to What Good Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. It's a Google podcast, so you didn't know. did, weird. Eh? And YouTube. Uh. Well, we do a daily wrestling podcast where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a really good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Raw tonight. A huge show... With one glaring omission. Yeah, CM Punk. Yeah, what's going on there? I, I know they've know. advertised him for SmackDown this week, but you would think, it's particularly after the, I wouldn't say backlash, reaction to Punk's promo last week, and, you know, many people saying, well, let it, let it play out. You'd think they'd at least follow that up somewhat, unless I suppose he's a surprise for tonight, but then why wouldn't you advertise him? Yeah, um, it does feel like that needs to be better mm. and there is a sense of lingering concern about how good the cm punk run can be when very very few people believed him when he said i'm home mm. and the return promo got pelters yeah it's weird that he's not on this show um i have to wait for smackdown for cm punk um and that is the cm punk problem like it's the solution and the problem it's he is the paradox the ultimate paradox professional wrestler where, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I'm quite tired. <laughs> I feel like this is a second day hangover. I was out on the Saturday. Um, so let me just try and get my thoughts together on this. Like the War Games match and Randy Orton's return, even though his follow-up on television was handled really quite well. But in the moment, it's just all about CM Punk he overshadows everything, everything, yeah. everything. Jesus Christ, I cannot talk. <laughs> Through his presence alone, he is the cult of personality. Um, like that War Games match, you had to endure or enjoy, you know, depending. Mm. So many Judgment Day versus the Babyface Raw matches to arrive at that show because, you know, wrestling's all very calendar first and AEW's guilty of it as well. It mm -hmm. has to be a blood and guts in May and anarchy in the arena now in May and, you know, everything's contrived to fit it. And then CM Punk turns up and now oh, who cares? You've just watched War Games and who really cares about mm. it? There's one talking point. So I, what you get with CM Punk is this incredible professional wrestler, this incredible promo, this hugely captivating person and when he's not there or he leaves, it's this sort of devastation. Now, this is not that yet. He's still there, but 
everything that isn't to do with CM Punk feels like lesser than, like just not as interesting. Like he's too interesting and compelling for his own good. And you could even argue post brawl out, um, he's too he's too fascinating, compelling to the detri- detriment of almost everything mm. else. Yeah, it, it, I can see. Everything seems boring now in contrast to CM Punk being compelling. I can see both sides of this because there's the usual, uh, slightly disingenuous, I think, across both promotions, casual fan argument of, all right, well, these casual fans hear about CM Punk's return, tune into Raw last week, and whatever you think about his promo, they get told, make sure you tune in next week because next week we've got Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn. That's obviously happened. We'll talk about that in a sec. The World Heavyweight Championship match. And the likes of Randy Orton and CM Punk, neither of which are on the second show. Like, Randy Orton's already been transferred to SmackDown. Arguably, people have been sold, if you're a casual fan of, oh, let's tune in to SmackDown and see what Randy Orton's doing there. Oh, right, I have to watch on Fridays now as well. But Mondays is CM Punk. The counter-argument to that, and this, again, could be me reaching bro, is to factor in to this whole storyline that they've gone, we're not bothered about getting casual fans back. We're, you know, more than happy with the audience we already had. Returning CM Punk to WWE. The one casual fans don't go for CM Punk. Yeah. Like, historically. Yeah, it's a good point. But it's it's not about doing a huge difference in numbers now. We're about sustaining the audience we have and continuing on this wave of ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not going to have the Scorched Earth promo because that could rile some people up backstage, get some genuine legal trouble with AEW. It's going to hit the ground running with this storyline. Hence why we'll have this disingenuous punk of like, hey, guys. I'm hey, home. he's on stacks. <laughs> I'm home. I'm, I'm, and then, but then I'm also off my That's the closest you've ever done to the accent. Yeah. And I didn't trust. The problem is I wasn't trying. That's what it was. It wasn't trying, right? Okay. Wilborn. Okay. Do the pipe bomb in the style of stacks. Okay. Yeah, I think you can do this. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe this company will be better off this week, man's dead. Right, see, it doesn't it's work. It's just crap. Um, but he's got it disingenuous. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, and then also I'm saying, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. We'll factor that into week two by literally not having him on the show. So week three, when he comes back, uh, potentially off the back of negotiating a World Heavyweight Championship match as part of signing with Raw... Factor into something we talked about in the SmackDown review earlier. Seth Rollins can be like, here he is, you know, back to his old tricks again. He's not even wrestled a match and he's got a world title match. And and you did notice, you come back, guys, I'm home. Where were you week two? You were sitting at home. That's what you were doing. What was I doing? I was defending this World Heavyweight Championship. Now, that could be, again, me sort of reading far too much into it. But I suppose that's the counter-argument to, let's just have him back on the show every week. They could use their own company's law instead of capitalizing, which they're not going to do, on his acrimonious exit from AEW and position him as the preeminent heel of the professional wrestling industry. The guy who arrives, just causes havoc, is almost too good for his own good, leaves, then has cast a shadow over everything else, but... They're not going to do that. They want to put the thumb on him, I'm convinced. Um, and they don't want to capitalize on the idea that CM Punk is the enemy of pro wrestling and he's this controversial figure and blah, 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 because they don't want to have... It's totally antithetical to... They wanted AEW, Cody, Bells, Whistle, Bells, Whistles, Kingdom and all. 
and yes. that aesthetic and the American nightmare to say we've basically poached the face of their revolution. How good can their revolution be if the face wants to come with us? Mm-hmm. That was very savvy. I don't think that works with the latest version of CM Punk, the Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth, I cannot talk. Mm-hmm. Guy, um, but with the, what you've just said, they can use their own law of the guy who hated the fact that the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania and I'm not makes me sick. Um, the part-timers are ruining it. I'm right here. I'm undeniable, blah, 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 blah. And then Rollins can say, ah, oh, he's around here as much as Dwayne is. And that yeah. feeds into Seth Rollins believing CM Punk to be an absolutely gigantic hypocrite, but that can do so, that feeds into their established law and the company and don't even acknowledge the whole AEW thing, which, to be honest, is probably the better strategic move. Mm. Um, WWE probably don't want you to think of CM Punk, who, for now anyway, has returned home um, as this capricious, bridge-burning, volatile guy who could conceivably just entertain you, be captivating, leave you high and dry, and always... It's not the same now that Punk's gone. Um, they can do this within the context of their own sort of law in that promotion. So I, him missing might actually fuel the Seth Rollins character, mm. his beef with CM Punk, and feeds into this, well, he's a hypocrite, he's a hypocrite, he's a hypocrite, and him potentially flirting with a part-time thing or just not turning up to Raw, not making his towns or whatever. Um Maybe the Seth Rollins thing is something for later down the line. Maybe he'll be a free agent and just be on both shows. Um, it was Fox who wanted Punk back mm-hmm. and Vince in 2019. Uh, Vince vetoed it, said, no, I will not do business with that man. So maybe it's Fox who won him. But then again, the Fox relationship has ended. Mm. So, as someone, I can't remember who made the great point on Twitter of, it's no wonder Fox doesn't feel like the sponsors are good enough for wrestling when they are bamboozled by the idea of a round-robin tournament, like, <laughs> visibly online about it. Um, I Maybe they're right to think of wrestling fans as bloody stupid. I've met so many incredibly clever wrestling fans, yeah. but they don't half do themselves knee favors whatsoever on that friggin' app. Um, <laughs> I, we are left now with the worst parts of last week's Raw, which is long, heatless wrestling. And I've got a feeling that at least one of these matches is going to be long and quite uninteresting for the most part. But happily, Mm. in better news, there are two matches on tonight's show that I'm really quite looking forward to. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship match. Seth Rollins versus Jey Uso. Um, I think up until SmackDown happened, we all assumed... Well, Randy Orton won't have committed his future anywhere, and he is going to say, I know I said we're all good, but I'm a snake, and I'm not going to go after you after after this, Jay, but I do kind of owe you on for taking me out as part of the bloodline, even though you've moved on from that, and therefore I'm going to cost you in this match. I don't feel the same way about it now, but I don't know also what's going to happen. And there's the specter, obviously, of Damian Priest and the World Heavyweight uh, and the, the cash-in, sorry, as well. Yeah, I don't know the finish here. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's good. They, they don't really care about beating Jey Uso cleanly. Mm-hmm. Like Drew did to get the War Games advantage. Um, his angle with Roman is dead. 
And if it wasn't dead, and they had the idea where maybe Roman could drop the title to Cody, and then Jay Uso could finally beat Roman Reigns, put a bow around the whole Bloodline saga, and then Roman could be, you know, no longer the tribal chief and come back as a babyface or whatever. So maybe they do care enough about Jay, but they don't half beat him quite often. Having him take falls, even if it's dirty. So maybe they will just end this one cleanly. Um, Rollins beats him, but it feels like that's not the way that WWE tells stories. So I don't know. Um, Jay Uso needs a singles banger as well. Um, his match against Drew for the War Games advantage wasn't particularly good at all. Jay Uso versus Jimmy is probably happening at yeah. Mania. You need to tell people that that's a match worth investing in. Um, I feel like the amateur dramatics in that could be cringeworthy. So I feel like it's um, incumbent upon Jay Uso to have a really, really good match tonight. Um, I don't know if I can see it happening. Um, it works a bit loose sometimes. It's a bit patchy, I think, Jay Uso. What do you think the finish is? You're properly dialed into this product. I, mean, I can't call this either. I, th I think Seth obviously retains. Yes, he's not I, losing, but it's how Jey Uso loses. That is the trick, I guess, with WWE. I feel really bad for Damian Priest because in all of my booking from now until April, I'm just shoving him into the back of the drawer. Like, keep him doing stuff, but he's not cashing in for me because when, I, when he cashes in, I want, want him to win because he's transitioning into a baby face, and I think that's a good role for him. Any time between now and April, oh, maybe not. Maybe not April. I don't know. But I think I'd like to see Seth in a World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania, even if it's not Punk. I think Punk and Steve Austin's potentially the direction they could go in, or going well. Um, oh, well, so I just sort of go. Don't even do fake cash-ins or anything like that because I'm just like, no, 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 no. At least at very easy until. Loads more oh, yeah. fake outs. They have to remind the WWE universe that he's got the money in the bank briefcase, which, as you well know, Will Bourne entitles him to cash in for a guaranteed world title shot at any time of his choosing. So they'll tease it. You might forget otherwise. So you talk about wrestling fans being an intriguing bunch. Someone suggesting that when. It's only the Twitter idiots. Yeah. Someone suggesting that when Finn. Remember Finn? So it's like, there you go. Damien, I've got your special Judgment Day briefcase. That that meant he'd switch the contract into his own briefcase, and he was going to cash in instead. What? Huh? They don't get. Okay, you want to cash in? Let me just get this. Let me just get this contract out and make sure it's all legally right and correct. They just yeah. go. This is a symbol of a world title yeah. match. The contract's inside it. Yeah, it's fine. Wait a second. There's goo in here. <laughs> Aye. Um, I, I cannot call the finish here. Yeah. I've does Drew, Drew, yeah, I was going to say, Drew lose to Sammy mm. earlier in the night? Stew on that, get really, really pissed off, take it out on Jay, and they can stip it up and have that as your sort of B program that'll carry Raw um, throughout this month, and they can do a last man standing match between Drew and Jay, or some kind of gimmick, mm. a cage match, or something. Here's an idea. Seth wins. I don't know how. Uh, just a yeah, just a fluky. Uh, he misses a big splash and just goes, oh, oh, stomp. See you later. Uh, Seth wins, and as he's celebrating, we see the usual shot. Hard camera, crowd celebrating in the background. Switch camera switches, and CM Punk's in a skybox. Something like that. that they, they've shocked the world at Survivor Series by actually bringing them in. Maybe they could book 
the trend of what they tend to do and just have him on the show and not advertise him and do some kind of chaotic angle involving him and Rollins, get people talking. Um, it's weird that like, that punk thing is really brought into focus. They might actually be adventurous after all. Mm. Maybe Triple H just isn't doing it belly to belly the missionary every Saturday night. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, let's talk Drew and Sammy. We mentioned it there. Uh... On the one hand, you're like, well, you kind of have to give the win to Drew to sort of re-establish him. But on the other, I do like pissy Drew on social media. Like the Royal Rumble comes out and he's like, see how angry I am. Uh, I don't know whether that's gimmick or not anymore. But I I mean, I did think these two are going to produce some absolute magic in there. I love Sami Zayn's work this year. He's just still so brilliant. He actually makes me feel things. A rare breed. Yes. A rare, rare breed. Um, I don't know the finish to this either. But the more Sami Zayn talks about wanting to win that World Heavyweight title, the more I think, isn't that bloody overdue? Hasn't he been this incredible, one of the best baby faces of his generation and every other generation that's happened since him because he's been on this, he's been a brilliant baby face for like years and years and years. He's never won the big one. The Intercontinental title that he held for a little bit yeah, doesn't count. No. And he was a heel at the time. Woefully miscast one at that. I just feel like there's few more. If you look at the numbers he was pulling in against Roman on TV, the crowd reactions, that sentimental story of him doing it, it just feels like there's so many reasons to do it and so few to not that I'd want to see him win here. And as you say, like Drew's in that weird spot where losing actually 
fuels his character and does him a lot of favors and gives him more reason to protest. And then, as we said, he can use that to then up like the other finishes on mm. this show. Um, it's weird because when does Drew win and become a star as a heel? Does that happen? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like he's not he's not winning a lot, and, and for now he's in that sweet spot where the more angry he gets, the more compelling he is, the more pissy he can be, and that's really amusing. But with Roman still on top, Gunther looking the most likely to, I guess, fail upwards once he loses the IC title. Priest being the heel who's got the briefcase. I don't see when Drew starts winning and being a top heel. Unless he drops down to NXT. It's always that's always the answer with you, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> they're all they're on a level playing field for me. It's uh you know, for someone who has a reputation, and maybe I'm the one who drives this a little bit online, pretty boring basic spooker. Sorry for that alliteration. Is the work of <laughs> I don't know when the big featured players, what matches they're in when they get their big wins, what they do, it's almost as if Triple H has developed this pretty interesting cast of characters and you don't know where all the pieces fit mm. and it's almost as if there's an incentive to watch. I think Drew wins tonight and I think maybe you have a bit of an interaction between Sammy walking backstage because he's missed the halluva kick. Drew moved the last second and Claymore his head off. And I, was, I was like, oh, bloody hell. Maybe he walks past Gunther. Ah. Gunther goes. <laughs> Just as another direction. If they're not going to go Chad Gable, yeah. let's... Which they're not anymore, are they? Unless they're just putting that on the back burner for WrestleMania. That's the only other option yeah. I've got in my head of why are they doing the Miz saying, I want another shot of that. Oh, f I forgot about that. Don't need to see that. Don't need to talk about that. Let's move quickly on. Um, instead, to uh, Nia Jax. Yes. Can anyone stop her? She destroyed... No, because she's working Rhea Ripley at the Rumble. Mm. Probably. So, so a defeat for Shayna Baszler tonight. Ex-tag champs colliding, of course. Yeah. It's weird. That whole tag team was so bizarre. Yeah. Like they just hate each other, but team together. I ju I ju it's always associated with a pando for me, so I'll try and forget yes. about it immediately. They don't seem to be interested remotely in Shayna Baszler. If they were interested, they would have done something significant with her, even if it was lose to Rhea Ripley. It's a tentative push in night. We'll give you Ronda because she's leaving, and then we'll make you seem a bit strong, and then uh, it's December now. We've got to do anything with you for three months. Yeah, it's bizarre. She just bait. She is. She exists right now to lose to Nia Jax, to strengthen Nia Jax out of a Rhea Ripley match. And I, we've talked at length of how improbable a success the Nia Jax return's been, how that all we talk a lot as well about that elusive 1% of doubt in most wrestling matches. And you'll get it with Nia and mm -hmm. Rhea Ripley. Like, I'm quite convinced of that. So this is just maintenance booking to get there. Shayna Baszler at this point is just there to do a job. In terms of match quality, yeah, I can't see them clicking. They've probably worked a million singles matches that have just binned to the recess of my mind. The, recess, the recesses. What the hell is wrong with me today? <laughs> I need an early night. But I can, I'm not being funny. Can you imagine this being good? I can't. No, I think it's going to be a relatively straightforward. I think it's going to be a reiteration of, uh, you know, like Raquel was like, I'm going to try and power Nia up. Oh, my back, I can't do it. And you're going to have several more people who are going to try and do a big power move. 
on Naya, but they can't do it. So when Rhea eventually gets her up for the rip side, it's like, oh my god, yeah. How have you done that? Yeah, but yeah, I think I think Ajax is yeah on a roll to to the Rumble without question to to take on Rhea Ripley. Uh, we got a two out of three falls match. Remember them? Oh god, kind of dreading this one a little bit. DIY versus Imperium. This is going at least twenty minutes if it's two out of three falls. Like um, I would say, a minimum of twenty minutes. What are the odds, right? And I'm not going to take you up on it, so don't worry about it. That they just go two and zero for DIY. Like they just go, you know what? Two out of three falls. We're going to shock you. It's not going to go one all. It's going to go two nil, and then Dudley's going to be like, "What the hell's going on with you guys?" Quicker the better. Because I worry about this match. I don't worry about the performers involved and the trajectories. I worry that a long portion of my time is going to be wasted watching quote-unquote good wrestling in front of a dead crowd waiting for it to matter, um, which will be more in, pronounced. Uh, where are they? Albany, New York. The, What's the name uh, of the arena? MVP arena. Well, like MVP penis. So that's valuable penis. <laughs> uh, six and a half thousand right now. Have you got the most valuable penis? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, how many people have got in there? Doesn't six matter. And half, six and a half. Right Sixty thousand will be quiet for Johnny Gargano. <laughs> I'm not being funny. The worst thing when about Johnny Gargano wrestles, you can hear a red piss on cotton. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, uh, where's the line? <laughs> um, I so the this is scary for me because I have to sit down, uh, lie down, and watch this tomorrow tomorrow morning. So there's three problems as I see it. One, it's a wrestling match on Monday Night Raw that isn't involving the top stars. Yes. Therefore, problem one, it's likely to be quiet to begin with. Problem one of three. Problem two of three, and, you know, we don't mean to be cruel. This guy has given us loads of precious memories. This guy is 50% Willborn of your favorite match ever. 100%, yeah. Sorry, yeah, he's 50%. Yeah, <laughs> 50%. It's a pretty long match mm-hmm. by design on Raw that isn't involving a top star, already likely to be quiet, involving Johnny Gargano, who these main roster audiences have not connected with remotely. They can't watch NXT, or they didn't. Or least. they didn't, and it's this weird thing where Johnny Gargano is no longer a star. It's a bit sad to say that, mm. um, but it's no less true. So it's a long WWE TV match with Johnny Gargano in, and the problem with those long WWE TV matches is that audience, I would say about eight times out of ten, if not nine, realize, and it's this phenomenon that I don't like, why would you go to the show, Paul, where they just don't sit on their hands yeah. for until the finish? This happens so often. It's not like a meme. It's not this bad faith criticism, this default criticism of WWE, which you still get from people who tune into a CM Punk Raw and just wheel out the same criticisms. And it's like, maybe some of these are out of date. Yeah. But it's nonetheless true that eight or nine times out of ten, and yes, they're getting a bit hotter recently, but for a Johnny Gargano match, they kind of sit on their hands for a bit. And they don't care until it means something. When they see, start seeing the signatures, they go, all right, this is the bit that matters, and it's going to come to an end soon, so let's get up for this. And, ooh, I like watching the signature moves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one's not going to really matter until at least the second fall. Oh, God, yeah. There's potential here for this to be 25 to 30 minutes 
of pretty, at this point, workmanlike hybrid back and forth. Not until just, we get to the third fall. Like, this could be kind of brutal. Yeah, there's not... I just realised, as you say that, if they do the archetypal two out of three falls match, it's not just going to be the baby faces are in trouble, you know, Champa gets isolated for, for a few minutes by the the heels, uh, but then a miscommunication between them allows him to get over to Gargano. Gargano, Gargano comes in, runs wild, meet in the middle, one, two, three. They're going to have to drop a fall and then be like, oh, come on, guys, I need your support to get back into it. Uh, one, all, two, one! Yeah, it's not going to be there. That's the thing that, that you you make a great point there because like you need, like a match like this, it's pretty formulaic. The, the correct way to do it is to, as you say, mm. have the faces drop the first fall. It's like, can they do it twice when they've just already lost it once? Oh my god! And it's formulaic, but fans will nonetheless get into it. Dot dot dot. Provided they love that baby face, and even if it's a pretty hackneyed way of doing things. An obstacle, because they like the baby face so much, they'll probably cheer them on. Johnny Gargano is kind of like the anti-Eddie Kingston in this situation at this moment in time. Like, he just cannot seem to do anything to get those fans on board. And quite frankly, if you want to be, like, really harsh on Johnny Gargano, he's still wrestling a style, and he just has this way of doing things that is so late 2010s pilled. Yeah. That exchange he had with Wesley in the four-way on NXT last week was such a soulless dance. It was such like fans have seen endless, endless takes and interpretations and maybe even direct rip-offs of the RVD, Jerry Lynn, like, miss a strike, miss a strike, miss a strike, miss a strike, kip up and, like, the Matrix minute as well. Like, it's been years, mm. decades of that kind of sequence. Johnny Gargano doing it with no bond to the audience. It's just this weird, artificial, flashy disconnect. And maybe he needs to evolve as a wrestler. Maybe, you know, I just, I cannot see this. If this is loud all throughout and DIY magically get over in this building, I'll be happy. Trust us, I have to watch this. Mm -hmm. I can see half of this being brutal. Why would you put an act that isn't over, like remotely pretty much on Raw, in a two out of three falls match, the stipulation just requires big, loud investment over the long haul. I think it's bad booking this. And du- doubly bad. You know, even if they win, they're not the number one contenders. The number one contenders are the Creed Brothers, who are also in action against a team that's kind of ideal for them because they're going to bump like crazy. They're taking on, obviously, they're going to fight the Judgment Day for the tag titles eventually. This week, though, they're fighting the other guys in the Judgment Day, that being J.D. McDonough and Dominic Mysterio. That's going to be a load of fun yeah, as a Yeah, watching match. those pukes get destroyed is going to be really cathartic. Mm. Um, so I am really looking forward to that match, and they should make quick work, quick, quick work of the two Judgment Day uh, lackey heels, basically. Unless they want to do the spot where this wouldn't work because it would still make one of Dom or J.D. look insanely strong. They get... <laughs> <laughs> Julius Creed on one of their shoulders and they go to do the Brutus ball and just bounce off it. Yes. But don't do that. Don't do that. It might be physically yeah, impossible, just, just, actually. Uh, Jed, the way J.D. McDonough, for example, bumped at the, yeah. the RKO at Survivor Series and Dom read everything. Yeah. That's the thing. You are watching this knowing that they're not the number one contenders. They're lost in a gauntlet. This match basically could should only be happening if this feud is like red hot, heated, Grudge rivalry, two out of three falls. Let's determine who's the best. Well, you're not the best because you both lost in the goal match. Yeah. 
it is a question of why is this step being attached to this? It just feels so formulaic and soulless and just for the sake of it. Mm. Oh, they've wrestled back and forth for a while. Let's pay it off two out of three falls. This is a stipulation that more than most need some real fan investment in the axe, and they do not have it right now. Yeah, and my prediction is uh, each one one of Kaiser and Vinci, they each take a fall. And they go, well, you got pinned for that, but you lost the first fall for an argument. Oh, go oh Christ. Like don't need any of this. Do not need any of this in my life. Uh, do you December. want another tag match? It's on Lion, Lion Bed and Watch the X-Files. Do you want another tag match? Not another one? Tegan Knox and Natalia versus Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Unless this is the one where Natalia inevitably turns on Tegan Knox. Even then, I don't think it'll they get just a lost reaction. The, they lost, but they've done everything now. The they've shot, aye. formed. They've helped each other. They've had their title shot. They lost. Lost. And now, the Schadenfreude are out of Hamlet for Natalia's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. If this match, right, reaches a level where you could. Fairly, without reaching, bro, mm -hmm. describe it as loud or heated. I'll show me Arsene awesome <laughs> Fenix window. Yes! Give give it car and chance for me. There's nothing happening in this Knox Natalia pairing. Turn you, does anyone give a toss about it? I forget it exists mm. every single week, and then you bring it up, and I'm like, oh, it must be the end of the podcast. Mm. It's going to be awesome to talk about this. Who could possibly give a sh I've uh, one last thing to talk to you about. It's Cody Rhodes. Oh, I love Cody. He is addressing the Shinsuke Nakamura issue. Obviously, he got misted last week. Here's a question for you, because obviously this is just the keeping Cody busy, busy through Christmas thing. Uh, so we can get, because he's already, he literally already said, by the way, I'm in the Rumble. Uh, but anyway, what's your... Yeah, his program about uh, um, engaging is a formality. Yeah, we've got, uh, we got uh, a good few weeks to go uh, before yes, the road to the Rumble. Uh, too long. Uh, I'm worried uh, about Raw. So... Honest I have to watch it. Honest promo tonight. Um, I'm going to go a little bit left field, and uh, I'm going to say Cody gets a bit emotional talking about family stuff. Potentially. He's going to say... Potentially. Went home after last week's Raw, and he'd been blinded by the mist. I couldn't even see my family. He's going to need to do some heavy lifting to make Shinsuke Nakamura feel like a credible threat. This is very, very... As he said, Wilborn, we need something for Cody Rhodes to do before the Royal Rumble. Um, couldn't they have, like, done some kind of Monster of the Week adjacent thing? Like, God knows Dusty himself was good at booking this kind of stuff. Something like, right, Ivar, out of nowhere, decides to destroy... I know he's busy with Bronson Reed. Almost. I'm saying, almost, like, almost. Or it's like Omos, or if he wasn't preoccupied with Bronson Reed, Ivar, or even even Bronson Reed, but my, I prefer Ivar out of the two stylistically similar guys, where it's a case of Ivar's never winning a world title. Um, Ivar himself is just waiting around for something meaningful to do when his partner returns. Nonetheless, he is really impressed in flashes. He's developed kind of a cult following. Maybe it's just completely centralized to this podcast. Who knows? But he's getting reactions in the building. Um, someone like Ivar ain't going to be the world champion, but is in a, if this was a meritocracy, has really gotten himself over, has entered some fabulous performances throughout this year, and he doesn't have that stink, that stigma mm. 
that Shinsuke Nakamura does as someone who, A, has been on autopilot for the last six years of his career, has won the Royal Rumble, failed to win the title at WrestleMania, has just floated and drifted in various nothing, three-star at best programs for years, finally has this impression of the old aura, but then loses two straight matches yeah. to Seth Rollins for the second, for the lesser world title. Could it be any obvious, any more obvious that he's there to heat Cody up ahead of the Royal Rumble? At least with Ivar, there's the sense that, and it's kind of on this meta aspect, but I'm clutching at straws for anything. At least if I'm watching Cody versus Ivar, I'm not necessarily thinking in the way that WWE story wants you to think of, oh my God, can Cody survive the threat of this very large man? That's the fiction. Mm -hmm. At least in it, wrestling operates on these two levels now where you're not thinking of the... Uh, did you give any thought this week, Adam Wilborn? And I realize this is a tangent, but I'm quite interested in this talking point. You think, ah, oh, man, we really hope Cody's eyes are okay. <laughs> no. You didn't think that at all, did you? No. You didn't think, oh, God, I hope Cody's eyes are okay. You thought, if you gave it a thought... I really hope this isn't so boring that Cody's momentum oh, yeah. isn't halted in it's the final stumbling block. in the story. Yeah. We think of it on this meta level, wrestling. That's mm, yeah. it, that's one of the problems with heat and wrestling that I talk about, right? That's the problem with this Cody Shinsuke thing. Your the stakes are so low that they are so beyond the fiction that the fiction might as well ex not exist. No one thought for a second that his, his eyes are burning. Oh my god, he's blind. Whatever, right? You only think about it on this meta level of is Cody's momentum going to be lowered and just stunted ahead of Royal Rumble where you need him to be over and popular and the guy you want to see to dethrone Roman Reigns? If you did Cody versus Ivar, you're probably not going to think, can he survive the threat of that really large man? Mm. You're not going to think that, but you never really think about the fiction and that's the horrible secret about pro wrestling. You're instead thinking about it on a kind of a better meta level where it's like, okay, this is fun. It's a bit different to Cody and Shinsuke. It's got a wrestler that you haven't been stigmatized as a loser forever. If Cody can do a bang-up job with Ivar, that A, makes you think he could do some B-level PLE stuff with lesser challenges and get them over and be a champion. So you get a measure of Cody's championship credentials. Then you also think, hang on, if Ivar really impresses here, where's his ceiling at? Mm. Because for a long time it was... Well, the Viking Raiders are finished. It's a bit too wacky. It's a bit too <laughs> cartoonish. The work's not as good as it was a few years ago. So, uh, but now he's really, really impressed a lot of people. You instead think, oh, this is fun. It's a bit different. You didn't expect Cody and I thought to be feuding. And on that meta level that we all really watch wrestling at, how far can he go? Because mm -hmm. you know Shinsuke is doing nothing. Like, nothing after this. I don't know. I agree. It's just, it's just looking there. I was like, I wonder... If I can knock together another a story alternative with with Omos, for example, I've got it. Right, he hasn't been doing anything. He's been working. He's still been, you know, popping up on the odd. You can WWE still find him. Sunday stunner. He worked the WWE Live Holiday Tour just this weekend. Right? Who did he go over? Akira Tozawa. <laughs> right, but uh, spin it the right way. Spin it the right way. Omos. What a shame to see them on opposite sides of the ring. After all that history together. Indeed, of course. But so you can spin it the right way. If I'm suddenly the mouthpiece for Omos, I say, Cody, you, you've you just what, what put yourself straight into the rumble. 
what you think you think she's going to win the rumble. Yeah, you know, almost in twenty twenty three has lost to two people in singles action. Neglecting the fact he hasn't worked. Yeah, he's worked like three matches, but he's he lost two of them. Last, his last PLA performance was uh, back in May. But you can say he hasn't lost in six months. In, uh, singles, he's undefeated in six months. Action, yeah. Singles action. He lost a set. He only lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, of course. You laugh, but people are in, people were interested in that match. Oh. It was a massively fun, fun. over delivery. Yeah. Lost to Brock Lesnar. Lost to Seth Rollins. He basically lost to former world champions. Are you a former world champion, Cody? Oh, no, you're not. Yeah. That's why I'm going to stand away. And also, did you eliminate Omos from the Royal Rumble this year? No, you didn't. It was Braun Strowman. Yeah. I, did, I just checked the Wikipedia page. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's changed it. No, that's not on me. Though, right? I'm very certain that Cody was already in the Rumble by that point because they're quite close to the end, both of them. But you'd say, if Braun Strowman had saved your ass, then I'd have chucked you out yeah. of the top and I'd have gone to them and I wouldn't have lost. The main event of WrestleMania, actually. Yeah. And you go, Monster of the Week, like you say. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty basic story, but... It's the kind they like to tell. Yeah. But yeah, good luck to Cody with the Shinsuke story tonight. Yeah. Then again, it's Cody Rhodes. He could sell us on anything. He well, can make well, us feel like the most important match of his career. True, but that's a point I want to make. I love Cody Rhodes. Wrestling, it would be so much worse off without him. Like, to a ridiculous degree. He has this tendency... He's, what I love about him is the ambition. 10,000 all in. Yeah. You know what I might do? I think there's a bit of a problem with uh, America. Pretty racist country. <laughs> uh, I might solve that. I lo- he just takes the biggest swings imaginable because he can't be... He takes the risks. He wants to be undeniable. Blah, 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 he wants to live forever. And I admire that about him so much. Sometimes it can manifest where... He can fail badly. He's never done that in WWE. There were a few in AEW. He could really... The only risk about this, other than it being a bit boring, is that he could really reach, swing for those fences, and try way too hard to build Shinsuke as a threat. Yeah. Honestly, and I can't believe I'm manifesting this almost. Might be better off doing the Super Cena route. Yeah. Of Nakamura. You've done nothing. <laughs> Got no fans. You've done nothing. You were great once upon a time. Where's that recently? You suck. Like, scorched earth, mm. maybe. But if he tries to paint a picture of Shinsuke Nakamura that simply isn't on anyone else's canvas, then he might get a bit of corny roads. Here's something for you. The old-fashioned WWF. Well, conquering hero from the States, right? Shinsuke Nakamura in the match. This is not tonight, later down the road. Shinsuke misses him with the red mist. Ah, oh, it goes down, right? But I know where this is going, you asshole. Eats it. Suddenly, referee's been taken out by someone again. Cody misses him with the red, white, and blue. And God bless the United in my soul. There you go. How would you do such... How yeah. do you do white... Without it just one becoming in each, in each nostril, one in each nostril. What would it be? Pink. What red? Don't end it was pink. Let's do this. Right? <laughs> so red and blue makes purple. Yeah. Purple and white. Pink mist. It's not really the old glory, is there it? It was meant to be red, white, and blue. All oh, right? my, oh my god, these colors do run. There you have it. Well, this is the... an American nightmare. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts out of Raw tonight on X. 
Better that. Uh, <laughs> what culture WWE watch they can follow both of us? Follow Michael Cedric at. Did you honestly think they were just going to come out in individual streams? Yeah. What if he has like three separate capsules? Yes. And he lines them up between his teeth. And he just somehow goes, ah, ah. Well, I'm thinking. Three clicks. Miss him. Wait a second. They'll be. Wait. Oh, God. Oh. Red. He's got red mist as well. Oh, he's doing his nostrils. <laughs> it's a blue mist. Oh, my God. He's done the stars from the other nostril. Wait, man. Blue. Hold on, Michael. How got? do you sleep at night? You can follow me at M. Cedric. How do you get dressed in the morning? <laughs> you can follow me. She usually lays it out for me. Uh, <laughs> at, at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at What Culture. Eric dresses here. <laughs> what Culture WWE. Uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the Collision and SmackDown reviews are available right now. Myself, Cedric, and Hamlet will be back tomorrow to review Monday Night Raw. Well, I thought you were going to do your catchphrase. Oh, We're going to be back tomorrow to review my Oh, all going well. Thank you very much. Okay, this is Sorry, me. I totally drifted off. My job was done here. <laughs> I I'm thinking, I know I've got my mind. My lasagna. <gasps> Garlic bread? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like the goat at 37 pence Aldi baguette. <sighs> Hang on. Oh, my God. This has been a raw preview. My thanks to Michael week. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.